Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, welcome everybody. It's another episode of Dr. Homebrew. We're here answering your homebrew questions in the form of bottled homebrew. So if you have a question that you want to ask, brew the question up, mail it to us, and we'll drink it and verify if you were correct or not. I don't know what any of this we, means. We may get a puzzling look on our face, <laughs> a puzzled look. Huh. I, I sense the question mark in that. Dude. Yeah, for sure. Now I understand what's happening, and it was weird the whole time. Uh, no, we are here. We have uh, a cool show for you. We're drinking a kvass. Kvass. Is it? Is that? Kvass. Did I get that right? Kvass. That's right. Yep. Because I think I said right. kvass last time, and either I'm from like, you know, the south, or I just like saying <laughs> ass. Um, and but no, it's kvass. the name of the beer. I mean, I don't know. It's the thing. Um, yeah. I've always heard it said kvass, but I'm not Russian, so I could be wrong. <laughs> well, look, at this point, you know, who cares? It's just, it is what it is. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll figure that out uh, a little bit later. And then uh, after we drink the kvass with Brian here, it's another Council of Brian's show, we're going to be speaking mm-hmm. with John Moorhead about uh, this year's NHC and HomebrewCon and uh, what's going on with that and give you all the details that we know for sure straight from the source. Uh, so that should be a good time. And I'm excited about it, man. I don't know, man. HomebrewCon, I-, I missed it last year. I thought that would have been cool. In Nashville, I think it was supposed to be, and I think we've talked about it before. Uh, I really desperately want to go to Nashville. Um, we were going to Dollywood afterwards. Oh, man. I was going to eat hot chicken and have diarrhea for four days. That's all I was well, going to do. Too. I mean, <laughs> the two aren't incompatible, G. Well, I don't know. I feel like having diarrhea at Dollywood would be very hard to do. But uh, yeah, anyway, so I was disappointed about that. Yeah. But also, I yeah, I don't know. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to when we can get out and. Uh, and kind of hang out a little bit more. I'm starting to starting to get the uh, the tourism itch. You know what I mean? You you Amen. are JP. I mean seriously. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's really wow. just a break of the monotony. Like being home, yeah. being a homebody's cool, right? It's awesome. Everyone loves it. Um, but for a year, that's a long time. Like ten months, that's perfect. But a year, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, you know, and and. <laughs> Who knows? I think at some point we got to talk about the future of this show as far as are we, are, how long are we Zooming? At least for another few months. But at some point soon, maybe we'll actually be breathing on each other again. Yeah, Boys. I, just, I just got my second dose of Pfizer vaccine on oh. uh, Monday. And how you feel? You know, I almost I feel good right now. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. Almost 12 hours to the dot after I got it. Yeah. I was like. I stood up like, whoa, I have chills and I don't feel great. And thankfully, it was uh, bedtime. And my fiance put me to bed and she said, no, you got to go to bed now. And I felt kind of bad all night and intermittently bad the next day. But Hmm. I'm feeling pretty good now. I mean, it's kind of like any flu vaccine sometimes. Yeah. It just means that with the second shot, it means that your immune system is working really good because it recognizes the, uh, the intruder. 
and makes a whole bunch of antibodies and it's working overtime and it's getting it done. Yeah, well, oh, let's kill that. Yeah, exactly. The way I figured that is, is it just it's, uh, there's enough time for the Bill Gates chip to really embed itself <laughs> in your spine. Uh, that's right. But I, I didn't have any I had I had slim side effects on my first one. My second one, I had none. I was just like, all right. So maybe uh, maybe I'm not maybe I'm not immune. Is that what you're saying, Brian? I'm on a that, Moderna. That's this my, is my side effect. This little red uh, uh, My arm was yeah, sore that, a little bit. Yeah, see, I have like a little bump ish, like right uh, right here. Or so oh. so mm-hmm. they gave you know, a tattoo while you went through the drive thru No, I had, had, had that before. <laughs> Brian Shard has a tattoo. And tell me, it's like yes. some it's a Romulan or something, right? <laughs> no, it's this is a. Uh, Starfleet Voyager uh, era com badge. I fucking knew uh, it. <laughs> I got a Starfleet Voyager com badge with like a like a nebula background. I knew so it was you know, something. Because Voyager is the best of the Star Treks. <laughs> I knew. And I wanted to have myself a Voyager era com badge. I knew it was something. I knew it was something Star Trek. I knew it. Of course. I knew it. <laughs> How long have you had that? Uh, like maybe a year and a half or so. Oh, damn. Okay, cool. We'll have to so, see it in person because right now it just looks like a big blob. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I need to wear a shirt that I could pull up better a little further so you could see it a little better. Well, just strip. I mean, I don't care. We're just, it's Facebook. There's only, you know, 14 people watching. That's that's true. I mean, it's just kind of... <laughs> nah, let's, I do need to probably post this to Facebook at uh, at some point, but... Yeah, there you probably see it a little better. Cause yeah, a little bit. There you go. There's maybe the cool. com badge, and you did have you, like a nebula back there behind it. Did so. you see um, Star Trek Picard? Did you watch that show? Yes. I yes, liked I it a lot. I was a Star Trek uh, Next Generation or whatever it is, kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I liked it. I liked Picard. I liked it. It was cool. I don't, I'm not really a Star Trek guy, but um, I think Star Trek Picard was better than The Mandalorian. I, wow. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I might... Just going to say close. I might agree with you that Picard's a little better, you know, because I'm just a huge Star Trek fan. But Picard was great in that you didn't have to have watched any of the original Next Generation or anything. It it did stand alone pretty well. So even if you weren't that familiar, if you were more familiar with it, you got more out of it. But I think it played pretty well on its own. Yeah, I agree. Patrick Stewart is a cool dude. I mean, he's a great actor. He is a cool dude. Really, really. Just commands your attention. So yeah. there you yeah. go. And that whole but time, Mandalorian was still better. I haven't seen Picard. I no. might watch it someday. But the mm-hmm. well, you can't say it's better than the thing you haven't seen. It was definitely better. <laughs> that whole that whole time I watched Picard, I was like, God, I wonder what it's like to just to kiss him. I wonder if he's like a good, <laughs> like he feels like a like a thought, giving kisser, like, right? Like yeah. just you know, but also my, my bad at the same and I time. Are now marching through Next Generation. Me too. Which she hasn't seen yet. I'm and doing the same season thing. Season one is kind of a garbage dump, so we're just kind of powering through season one as fast as we can. Yeah, there are some good is, episodes yeah, in season one in retrospect, but by and large, it, it is a garbage dump. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they had their growing pains. Yeah, absolutely, like anything, yeah. man, anything. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break before I forget to do that. We're going to come back. We have Brian here with a Kvass beer, which I don't know that I ever had before. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm pretty excited to to learn a little bit about this. Brand new style to me. Anyway, this is Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Hang on, we'll be right back. Dr. Homebrew, please report to the ER for code blue. Dr. Homebrew to the ER, please. No, and your tea time has been moved to 2.30. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging around. I'm about to pop this bottle of Kavas and welcome Brian on the show. Brian, welcome to the Council of Brian's, led by Jason. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, welcome back. Uh, just curious, though, what did you sanitize and clean your equipment with um, when you were doing your brewing process? Uh, just, <laughs> just curious. That's never a good thing to hear. <laughs> uh, uh, oh. I was trying to segue into our, our sponsor, which I don't think we've mentioned. Uh, fine sponsor, well, Five Star. W and Star Sand. There we go. Of is course. That, is that and a we, good? That's perfect. Five Star, you did right? great. Go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn everything you need to do to remind me to mention Five Star because, of course, Everybody else is smarter than me, so they already know to use Five Star, but I need to be reminded all the time to talk about it. So go to fivestarchemicals.com, uh, email them, follow them on social media, thank them for supporting the show, uh, tell them that you really, really appreciate it because they're the ones who make this show happen. Um, so thank you to Five Star very much. Thank you for, for keeping our beers clean. I still haven't brewed again. I, I need to. I need to do some more home brewing, man. Yeah. And uh, mainly because I have, uh, you know, five pounds of Stars, uh, of PBW in my... Uh, and, you know, okay, so I've been I've been working with PBW and Star Sam, I think, since it came out. You know, we're doing more beer. We had BL... Not BLC, but um, the Iota 4. Yeah. Then, you know, PBW came out and Star Sand came out. And we're like, oh, what's this? This is really cool. It doesn't stain your fingers and your equipment or whatever. And I still can't, I still confuse PBW and Star Sand. <laughs> just constantly. <laughs> Luckily, not in use, but not just use, verbally. Just yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like the, there's a casino in Pacheco called the California Grand, no, the Grand Cal, California Grand. California Grand. California yeah. Grand. But there's a hotel in Disneyland called the Grand Californian. And I have never, <laughs> I've never used the, 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 the proper word, the right one, right? I've never called one thing the thing that it is. I call the hotel the casino and the casino the, because it's just interchangeable. Same right. thing with Star Sand and PBW. It's the same thing. Means the same thing to me. <laughs> I know what's different about them, but when I'm talking about them, it's uh, it's just it's what it is. So anyway, thanks to Five Star. Yeah, Kavas on the other hand is a whole new thing to me. I have no idea. Yeah. So Brian, Kavass talk about Kavas. What is? One. Have you? Is this the first time you've made this beer style? This is the first time I've made a Kavas. Yes, I've I've tried okay. some that were uh, commercial. I was actually in Ukraine at one point, and that's where I first tried Kavas, and, and I've Ukraine, had some okay. since I've been back in the states. So and I don't how, know if you want me to how is tell it? you a little bit what I know. Or yeah, please. You just go into tasting it or well, what you want to do. I don't know. What do you guys want to do? I think an intro would, would serve us well. Let's do a little intro. So kvass can or cannot be considered actually a beer. Uh, traditionally, it was made from, say, leftover bread that you would have. Hmm. And you would soak that dried bread and uh, that would kind of be your mash. And get sugars out of that dried bread. Have these people never yeah. heard of croutons? I mean, let's go. You know, it's kind of a kind of a farmer's thing where it's like, well, sure. what do we have available to make some uh, some beer-like stuff? So that's where kvass comes from. It's traditionally uh, rye bread, so it's going to be a, a darker drink. So this one I made was with rye bread as well. Okay. Um, do you bake the rye bread specifically for this, or is it truly like leftover rye bread? Uh, traditionally, it would just be leftover bread. Yeah. Now, you could make your own just for the purpose of making a kvass. In, in my case, I had bought some rye bread, and I let it dry out, and okay. I used that. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm tasting it right now. It's it's very uh, sort of right up my alley. And what kind of yeast? Well, that's let's, good. Let's get into the beer. Let's do the beer, and then I want to ask some questions about uh, 
tasting so, and stuff. So I'll I don't tell wanna... you too. The first time I had it, I did not like it. I mm-hmm. was in Ukraine to adopt my daughter. Uh, this was probably about 17 oh, cool. years ago and was trying all the local stuff. And Kvass is a pretty big deal in Russia and Russian influenced countries. So I had to have it. And it's kind of weird because it comes in these two liter soda bottles and kind of <laughs> looks like a soft drink like Coca-Cola, but it's not sweet. Uh, it doesn't taste like soda at all. Yeah. And it doesn't really taste like beer to me. Um, I don't know. It's really hard to describe, but I didn't care for it the first time I had it. I don't even know <laughs> if I finished the bottle. I just pitched it. But um, over yeah. time, I I got more and more interested. There was a little Russian store near where I work, and I would go in and, and buy things that were Russian or Ukrainian to bring home and let the family try. So I was like, well, let's give Kvass another try. And it kind of grew on me. So I thought, I can see that. I'll make a Kvass. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, All right, Brian Cooper. All right. Why don't you go ahead and start us out, brother, on this Kvass? Okay, I will. Um, Yeah, so cracked the bottle, had a nice hiss. um, And... um, yeah, it's. I guess we're calling it Category 27 historical styles, a, a good place to put it, I suppose, even though it's not specifically called out there and there are no guidelines in the BGCP. Um, I kind of looked around at some online sources. <laughs> um, some Sorry of about that. Had interesting uh, <laughs> descriptions for, for what, what to say about it. Uh, we'll go into that later, but I'm um, just getting into the aroma. It is, um, it's a very bread-like aroma with crusty and light toasty notes um not getting obvious sourness or funkiness in the aroma and there's there's no hops uh only some there's some some bread bread yeast like scent definitely in here as well um not just like the bread graininess um but you know some some yeastiness like opening you know fresh pack of baking yeast and sniffing in there when you're as you're during the uh, covid apocalypse baking all those loaves of bread that you do i did that for a while and then i just went back to buying it at the store because it's better than mine but oh man i got um, bread in the oven right now sandwich yeah, bread nice. oh, awesome. <laughs> I, I did it just took up too much of my sunday anyway i digress um you can make uh, a kvass with that jp yeah <laughs> with just plain white <laughs> sandwich a, bread kvass bread yeah yeah there's a you make it from bread and then make it back into bread. Put it in your bread. I oh, guess. shit. Man, um, that's crazy. There's a low spiciness, like uh, grainy, kind of rye-like, not uh, not hoppy or phenolic spiciness. Um, and if there's any fruity esters here, they're really low. It's not a, not a super fruity-smelling beverage at all. Color-wise, it's a nice uh, dark, um, kind of dark amber, nice and clear. Poured a low white head that uh, stuck around moderately well and uh, faded to kind of a collar, fine, and some larger bubbles and a little cover, uh, just some some striations of, of, of light, wispy beer foam across the top there. Um, no, it looks, looks good. Like you, yeah. like you said, it looks like it could be a, a it, soda of some kind. It's like a light yeah, amber like, ale almost. It looks beer-like, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really does. You know? It, it kind of um, throws you off when you taste it, in, in my opinion, anyway, because you, you have a, an expectation of, like, beer or something, and then you get that little bit of lacto, and it's like, whoa, what, what is this? Yeah. So, yeah, the flavor, again, it's got a pretty big bready uh, focus, like rye bread, um, crust, just like the, the, you know, the nice top of the crust, um, 
medium, low, neutral, maltiness alongside that, kind of behind that, I guess. You know, yeah, you have to put malt in it to be able to call it a beer, I guess. So uh, for for them to sell it as a a beer beverage, can't just be bread. (laughs) Um, There is a faint tanginess in here, like a hint of uh, citrus fruit, I would say. But to me, it's it's fairly backgroundy. I kind of, you know, when I didn't get it in the aroma, it, it was like, okay, yeah, there is some there. And that's a nice little light minor tang. Uh, but it's not, not super prominent. Um, there's no bitterness or obvious hop in the beer. I mean, there might be a tiny bit of bitterness. It's really low. I mean, although you do get from the spiciness of the rye bread, the, the bread-like qualities, you get a little bit of a, a an impression of some something backing up it's not sweet it's it's pretty finishes pretty dry and there's some boldness to it it's actually you know for such a light abv beverage it's it's pretty flavorful um so yeah there's a the balance is definitely to this bread like quality that it has and it and it, and it uh, finishes with a light little breadiness and, and tart, tartness in the finish not, not you know not super tart there's no real funk here to me. It's not like I'll, if I'm looking for a, a Britannomyces like funk or something like that, you know, they, it's described as being a pretty funky smelling beverage, you know, almost sometimes with like feet like, or, you know, with like spoiled, like, you know, gone bad, like, you know, and it doesn't have any of those like negative, like uh, funky things, but it's kind of, it's kind of neutral and you get the, the bread and a little bit of tang and, and, you know, some boldness to the flavor and it dries out and that's it. And it just lingers in the aftertaste. Um, mouthfeel wise, medium bodied, medium carbonation, no warmth or astringency. Um, it's, it's not creamy or anything really. It's, I would say it's a, it's a fairly mouth filling impression, but also at the same time, it's somewhat um, quenching, I think because of that little tart edge. And so it's kind of, kind of unique in that way. Um, but yeah, it's actually, I didn't know what to expect going into this. Um, it's a unique and definitely more enjoyable beverage than I initially feared. Um, (laughs) seems like from the descriptions I'm reading, maybe it should be a bit more tart. I will rely on Brian's, um, you know, (laughs) what, and you know, what you tasted over there. And I, there, I imagine there's probably some, some variance to that. Uh, definitely as it's just a, it's kind of an art artisanal product in some ways i think too and everybody makes theirs differently probably different regions have different ones oh yeah Um, but you know some will be more tart than others some will have more whatever i'd like to know what the range is there and it seems like it'd be fun to explore but i would i personally prefer it a little more tart i think that would make it a little more refreshing yet and kind of play off that bread in a nice way yeah um and and a little funk might be kind of fun Hmm. but uh it's you know very it's, it sounds very close to as it's described in various sources uh and very bread like uh cool beverage so I, I guess just you know my, my advice is just make it a little more kvasi somehow <laughs> kvasi, kvasi, <laughs> it up somehow uh, but you can... i gave it a 38 i I, yeah. I thought it was it was as as advertised it's a kvass. Brian, are we going to see a kick your own kvass uh, <laughs> beer in the future, or is that yeah. <laughs> kick your own kvass? <laughs> yeah. All right, Brian no. Shar, let's do it, buddy. 
Now, now all I can think about is that kick your own kvass ale, uh, <laughs> which sounds sounds pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've never had a kvass before either, and uh, unfortunately, I'd opened this up like right when I got this a while back, and I don't have uh, a bottle in front of me, so I'm not gonna uh, uh, probably add a lot to what Brian had had said. Uh, the aroma uh, aroma is kind of low overall, which you expect for kind of a low low gravity beverage like this. Uh, lightly bready. No hop aroma, no esters. The bread is the dominant character, like a rustic brown bread, like you would expect, because that's the primary ingredient of, of this. Uh, I didn't get any sourness uh, in the aroma. Also didn't get any off aromas. I gave it 6 out of 12. Uh, appearance, light brown color, slightly hazy. Low and persistent head, 3 out of 3. Um Flavor, I thought initially the flavor was a low bready and light sourness. So it certainly wasn't, you know, a, a goose, but it was, there was some, some lacto sourness there. No hop flavor, low hop bitterness. It's clearly a sour beer, uh, well attenuated. Uh, balance is toward bread, which is like a sentence I never thought I would write or say. Uh, <laughs> Like having a sandwich. I'm down at Luigi's. Yeah, the balance is toward the bread. Uh, Luigi's is good. Uh, finish is medium long and uh, and bready. So a 13 out of 20 on that. Uh, thought the body was medium, low carbonation, no warming, uh, creamy. I think I wanted a little more carbonation in this, uh, but uh, ultimately four out of five. Uh, overall impression seven for a total of 33. This is an interesting beverage I've never had a chance to try. On the one hand, I expected more sourness, but then not everything has to be Cantillon that is sour. And I think it, this is probably sour to an appropriate level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Brian, you would know that better than, than us because you've had this before. So you right. kind of know the degree of sourness that should be there. Uh, thanks. I, I have an, a, a note, you know, A, thanks for sharing, which is, I, we, I do thank you for that. But I also didn't get like the caraway seed note from what we think of as rye bread. It's not required to be there, but that's an interesting thing that, you know, at least as Americans, we associate the flavor of rye bread more with caraway than with rye, because that's the spice that gives it that, quote, rye flavor. Uh, And that's probably not something they do in in Russia. I mean, it's probably more of a European American uh, uh, thing to put in your your rye bread. Yeah, that's a good question. Right. Is that appropriate? Would you would you get kicked out of the country for putting caraway in your in your mm. glass? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> now we expect you to be the expert just because you went there once and you know, yeah, it's been some time. I I can tell you what I put in the kvass. That's about it. Let's uh, talk about that. I'd love to hear it. What did, what did you give it, Brian? I gave it a 30, uh, 33. Okay. It was kind of hard to know where to put it, but it, it kind yeah. of hit most of the marks. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, you know. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I, I realize it was kind of a a stretch to be able to judge it since there's no BJCP guidelines on Kavas. So um, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I can go over the recipe if you Yeah, talk. please do. So six pounds of rye bread. So I, I bought some organic rye bread and dried that out. And that went into the mash. And I also had two pounds of pale malt I put in there. And 12 ounces of rye malt and 12 ounces of special bee. 
Sometimes, sometimes the kvass will have raisin in it. So I did add some raisin, but I thought the special B might give it mm-hmm. a little bit of that kind of character as well. Wait, how? Let's let's. How much special B did you say? Twelve ounces. Twelve ounces. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of special B, and I don't mm-hmm. recall tasting that much special B in there, even though it's been a while. Interesting. Uh, had some rice hulls just to help with the, uh, you know, going through the mash and not having to get stuck. Yeah, you had a lot and, of rye in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hops, I had one ounce of uh, Lubelski hops, which is a, a Polish hop, and uh, it's kind of related to Czech Saz. <laughs> the uh, yeast was a T58 Belgian dry yeast, and uh, I made a, a soured wort to give it kind of that uh, tartness. So that was uh, eight ounces of DME mixed with three ounces of unmilled grain, and you let that sit at like 90 to 100 degrees for a few days and get that souring character and uh, mm. really smelled like the, the cream corn DMS kind of thing you always read about. It was very mm. strong, but you know, poured that into the, the boil kettle, so uh, it gave it some flavor, and that was it. I also okay. had two grams of uh, ground black and other kind of peppers in there. The, uh, the recipe called for grains of paradise, which I don't have any of that, but it's basically different kinds of pepper that you grind up. So I found a, a mixed thing of like red, white, and black peppercorns and ground up two grams of that. And like I said, I put two ounces of raisins in secondary. Okay. There was definitely like a phenolic spice in there. It wasn't like a, a sharp pepperiness in any sense to me, but it was just, there was something spicy. Yeah, maybe... You know, it could have been the Belgian yeast. The rye and the Belgian yeast and the pepper <laughs> combining and giving an interesting spiciness behind behind the bread there. So not caraway, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, Brian, I want to go back a little bit when you said you put that sour mash in the boil kettle. Uh, was that something you put in at like 100 degrees for kettle souring or did you put it in like during the boil to kill the bugs? It was right at the boil to kill it. Okay, gotcha. So you get a little bit of that tartness, but it's definitely not supposed to be funky or anything like that. It's just a little bit of puckering for you. Nice. Okay. And is the a Belgian yeast a common one that's used in recipes for this that you've seen? Or um, what made you cho- choose that? I mean, it worked nicely for you, but... Yeah, you know, reading that uh, Lars Garshaw book, it, it'd probably be appropriate to use a, a just like a standard baker's bread yeast. Um, but right. the, the Belgian yeast is one that the AHA called out. They had a recipe online, and I kind of took that as my guideline. So yeah, sounded I, good I, to me. I've never been brave <laughs> enough to ferment beer with bread yeast. No, I don't want to do that either. That man. I would like the result on that. <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to try it though with a small batch and to see where it goes. You know. Yeah, the AHA. I think they called it the Czar's Kvass. If you want to look that up, and okay. theirs was a little bit more. Um, malt forward, I think theirs was about 4% alcohol. Mine came out to be 2.5%. Yeah, it's very light, but very flavorful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Fun. Yeah, I, I like it, man. It is it is definitely interesting. I don't know that I could drink two liters of it. <laughs> you don't, don't want to get a two liter no. Coke bottle? So uh, how does it compare to, to the ones that you had in Ukraine? To be honest, it's been so long, it's hard to mm-hmm. know exactly. Yeah. But I will say that uh, we have a brewery here in nashville called yazoo you may have heard of them oh yeah and they, they came out with a kvass recently kind of a, a small batch thing so i bought that and really enjoyed it and compared it side by side with mine and i thought mine was pretty comparable i mean they they use a different yeast than i did so it had some different components but by and large it was very similar okay okay 
Would you make this again? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, it's not something yeah. I'm going to drink every day, but it does have a cool kind of thirst quenching aspect with that little bit of tartness. So I enjoyed it. And it's really nice that you can drink four or five and not even feel it because it's so low right. in alcohol. Yeah. In fact, yeah. Um, you can find commercials uh, for commercial kvass, uh like on YouTube or something, and they show parents, you know, giving it to their kids at a picnic because <laughs> it's one or two percent. It's not even considered alcoholic. Sure. Yeah, it's like the Kinder beer in you know, Germany kind of thing. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. God, what a country. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I like it. There is that that sweetness sort of lingers a little bit longer than I would like. Um. And maybe that's what's affecting like how much I would drink of this, but I'm going to finish the bottle. I think it's very good. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Well, if anybody in the chat knows of a good source for grains of paradise, you could point us in the right direction for that. I, I think more beer has them. Like most homebrew shops, I've seen them here them. and there. Yeah, yeah. I, I found where I could buy some, but it was really, really expensive. And when I read about what it was, I was like, "Well, it's just peppercorns. I can, I can yeah. do peppercorns." <laughs> Probably. I think you did great, somewhere. man. Yeah. Um, Brian, do you have anything else for the Council of Brian's or vice versa? No, just really wanted to see what you thought and uh, okay. if you would do anything different. Um, you know, I would probably maybe even make it a little more sweet if I made it again, but yes, everybody has their preference. I didn't think it was too sweet. It felt it felt pretty dr- – it dried off nicely and it left that the bread shining through. A, a little sweetness might accent the, the bread and give it a little more – fullness too which is kind of nice it's supposed to be kind of full i guess mm-hmm. in the mouthfeel which you know not not like a barley wine full but for such a light <laughs> beer it, it carries a fair amount of weight and just everything that's in there so yeah it's hard to give you a lot of real specific feedback but i think yeah, yeah it you is. know yeah, it's just for your, fun. yeah follow Good. your instinct and just experiment around with it and have what, some fun what do you think you're going to do differently next time because i'm sure you'll make it again right or maybe you won't i don't know mm-hmm. I would like to bake my own bread next time just to make it more homemade home homebrew than this time since yeah. I bought the rye bread. So I think that would be fun to do your own bread and sure. take it from the oven to the beer. Well, and I wonder if, you know, you have the, the commercial. Well, you said it was organic, but there are, you know, organic, uh, you know, preservers in there. And, and uh, you know, I wonder if you strip it down to just uh, flour and yeast and water. Uh, and then, you know, uh, maybe whatever you want to put in there. Um, I wonder if that'll affect the flavor a little bit more. I don't know. You know what I mean? C- commercial bread versus home bre- homemade bread. Well, you, get, like, those you got extra, the bread, so you can, yeah. you can make one and let us know. I'll do it. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, if that's it, we'll let you go, man. Very good. Well, thank you. Cool. All right. Appreciate thanks, man. Appreciate the feedback. Yep. No problem. Thank you. Appreciate you I sending we'll us in. we'll have you man. on the next show, too, here. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Be seeing you again very soon. <laughs> cool. <laughs> all, right, all right. See y'all soon. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back on the line here with John Moorhead talking about uh, HomebrewCon and NHC this year and what we can expect from that moving forward. Hang on, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. Welcome John Moorhead 
from the Brewers Association. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure yeah, I get my... Yeah, I get, American Hub Brewers Association. There you go, yeah, because I get my acronyms. We cover this in the beginning of the show. I have names in my head, and I've been doing this for so long that like they just... It's all the same, and I just always question whatever I do. So anyway, John, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Usually yeah, when I see him on me. the... When I see him on the stage, it's usually at HomebrewCon, uh, some other festival. <laughs> like a yeah. weird suit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Bow tie, right? Yeah. 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 Well, and it's That's also it's also been a year since I've had to even think of those acronyms anymore. You know what I mean? And it's usually because we have GABF, we have uh, NHC, we have HomebrewCon, we have you know we have these things to sort of like keep us keep us in the loop, and uh, we've we've been out of it for a year, so we're, it's almost like starting over again. Yeah, man, brand recognition. It's uh, it's real thing. You say John with the HA part of the BA. He runs the NHC and HBC. It also helps with GABF. Yeah. It, it takes a little while to get used to it. Yeah, it does, man, for sure. But, hey, I appreciate you taking your time um, in the evening to come on and talk to us a little bit about this. So totally. uh, what we wanted to cover basically is what's happening with NHC this year, what's happening with HomebrewCon. Uh, we want to talk about judging. Um, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So I guess let's just start with HomebrewCon. How's how's plans looking for HomebrewCon this year? Uh, well, you know, it's many of you have seen either watching the show or you three on the show. It's uh, obviously we're going virtual this year. Um, really, we're waiting for that 90 day window that allows this, this clause called force majeure, which is a fancy way of saying allows us to get out of a contract if uh. something crazy like a pandemic is happening. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a year ago, it was an obvious decision. This year, it was kind of like, let's see how things roll out over the fall and winter. And it didn't exactly go the way I think we all were hoping. And (laughs) No, it really didn't, man. Yeah, it was uh, was a bummer. But, you know, I think the saving grace is that we, you know, we went through the virtual thing last year pretty quickly. I think we planned it in, like, five or six weeks, which which was a lot. Mm-hmm. to do and you know this year we had a little bit more time to plan it through and learned how to learn basically learned how to put on a virtual conference last year yeah uh, i was uncharted water there yeah yeah was- and you know so i think you know we have high expectations this year and i think we're we're definitely ready to meet them yeah excellent one of the one of the cool things last year was that people from just all over the world were able to take part and even if you couldn't aff- afford a, a plane ticket you know to the to the u.s to to be there there was a lot more uh, worldwide presence, I felt, and just people that, hmm. that wanted to be a part of it and normally sometimes couldn't, not all of them anyway. So that, Yeah, that was the cool. chat was cool. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah. Like that was that was one of the most fun features. To I mean, the, it was actually the most seminars I've seen because usually I'm running around <laughs> doing the competition. Right. <laughs> other stuff. But um, that was actually – that was a cool experience for me to see seminars and live – and uh, also just kind of tread, as you said, uncharted waters and see that chat. That chat was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it is almost like, uh, you know, we, we sort of make the best of things just as, as human beings in general. But, uh, you know, home brewers, we're sort of used to used to adversity and like, uh, well, I spilled a bunch of stuff. So let me see if I can clean up and salvage this beer. And it's like, uh, you know, I feel like it's the same thing with with the competition. Right. And, and just the conference in general. It's like, well, we got to put it on. So let's make it the best thing that we can do right now and then just yeah. plan for next year. So w- what do you think you learned last year that you're that you're going to be leaning on heavily for for this year's production um so i think you know one thing was definitely working in taking feedback from 
the members in the survey, mm-hmm. you know, we could, there are a bunch of things we learned kind of internally on like how to produce it from beginning to end. But yeah. as far as feedback, you know, we wanted to see what members liked and didn't like or what struck well and didn't strike well. Um, so meet up, the meetups were really popular. I don't know if any of you participated in those. No, but it sounds drop cool. Drop into those. Yeah. So yeah, just themed meetups and kind of just kind of join in or into a Zoom call. And you just kind of talk about a particular theme or topic, whether it's um, a women's meetup or a Milk the Funk meetup or something else around that. And, um, every, you know, you wow. kind of break off into groups and talk and then you come back and talk some more about a particular topic or um, have a key keynote speaker in that particular meetup. Um, it almost seems like more accessible, more I was going to say inclusive, but that's not what I mean. It, 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 it's more, maybe it is what I mean. I don't know. It seems more hands-on. It seems it's like, you, yeah, you could yeah. do more, right? Yeah. A lot, a lot less. Across the country can drop in. Yeah, yeah. right. Definitely a lot less running around from, from hotel <laughs> to, to conference seminar. To, to, <laughs> yeah. you know, I forgot my badge. You're in the elevator and you got to get up the fucking thing and get your badge from your room again. Like... I was yeah. just sitting on my back patio and the sun just soaking <laughs> it up and like, oh, let's check this out. I'll go get another beer. I'll come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At that point, we've lost We've lost John. He's at the bar. He's at the hotel bar. He's supposed to be here, but uh, he's needed a beer for the road. Do you think you're going to do something like that uh, when we do actually meet up in person where you sort of have these virtual uh, encounters? So like yeah. Brian Cooper was saying, people across the world can sort of participate and, and, and you know, maybe it'll... It'll give them the FOMO to come back the, the the year after, right? Yeah, I think it. You know, I think there'll be a component, but I've, I've you know, the in person you can't beat the in person no. thing. Right? No, you can't. Those, Not at all. Those interactions you have, whether you're just crossing paths, going from one seminar to the next. Yeah, you're at the expo hall chatting with the vendor. You're um, just hanging out, waiting for the next session, and you know, you see someone's. Uh, badge it says they're from a place you grew up or a place you live and then you just strike up a conversation and then you know you have a lifelong friend after that so you can't yeah. definitely can't beat that in-person experience and but it gives people a taste that virtual component and i think we've talked about that a lot after last year yeah moving forward trying to figure out a way to you know smartly work that in where it doesn't feel weird or forced but mm-hmm. gives people an opportunity to check out something they might not otherwise want to come to in person right away well i mean you, you you guys have a lot of experience in community building like that and so i think whatever you're going to do is going to be great you know just move, moving awesome. forward and like, like the vote of confidence <laughs> yeah for sure well because i mean you guys have been doing it for so long i mean my first conference was 2008 and wow. no 2004 shit i can't remember now Dallas Fort Worth. New Orleans, right? I didn't go there. That's some, it must have been 2008. Dallas Fort Worth is what it I, was. I can't believe I know that. <laughs> 2008 yeah. was uh, Cincinnati because that was. Yes. Okay, so what is it? Six? Yeah. It must have been before 2008. Then it was six. Two, anyway. Well, anyway, whatever. It doesn't. But 2001. Now I want to know, but I, I'm 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 gonna <laughs> I'm gonna just leave that alone. Anyways, um, but but seeing the the homebrewing community sort of grow and it, and it does revolve around. Uh, the conferences and the competition 
And I think that's very much in how you guys handle outreach for home brewers and get people involved. And you are, you know, you, you guys, you guys do that really well. I guess that's what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. I think it's a culmination of everything we try to work on. Yeah. You know, it culminates at the conference, but it's everything building up through that, whether it's, you know, helping a, a state fix uh, some legal issue, whether it's legislation or regulatory or just clearing up confusion between two parties or if it's um <laughs> yeah you know, providing homebrew club insurance so you can meet at a brewery or um, yeah. providing a directory for shops or club directory for people to find a club in their area to go to someplace in person and then um yeah and then you know we have our big events the national homebrew competition and homebrew con that kind of culminate all that together and those many communities coming to make that big community at those events, which is really cool. And it's all, it's all fun and friendly. Yeah. It's great. It's all camaraderie it's, and it's friendly competition as well. So absolutely. The, one of the downsides about not being able to meet in person this year is that masks are one of the things that can really help alleviate the fart in the elevators. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like this was our chance. This was well, our no, year, don't guys. Even narrow it down to elevators, man. I'm talking <laughs> sure. the club night, the brewer's night kickoff. My room. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. this was going to be our yeah, year. The, the, safe. The year of home brewers breathing easy, but apparently, uh, uh, anyway. Uh, uh, let's chat a little about the competition. John, how are you guys uh, handling that this year uh, with the social distancing? I'm sure that's all involved yeah. and, and uh, you know, all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah, uh, incredible world-class events team helping put that on. And, you know, really had no – didn't really have a plan to do anything like this until seeing Great American Beer Festival competition put it on and seeing how much work they did to make it happen extremely safely and – you know, as best you can. There's obviously risk gathering people together, but yeah. the amount of how stringent they were and how on top of it they were going into planning and how, like communication-wise and overall logistics and operation, it was just incredible to watch. And I, you know, I participated in it because I was like, maybe this could work. Yeah, sure. Um, and maybe you know, just uh, also, also just watching that competition happen in person is something really incredible and you know you see nine thousand beers judged normally in three days it's just it's wild <laughs> to watch and how it all just functions all these levers and uh wheels yeah so they you know they a lot of things we did was you know we have this big warehouse in in colorado uh, where we do a lot of the sorting and uh, keg receiving for our conferences and festivals mm. and we thought maybe we could use this as our judging. It has, you know, single pass through ventilation. It's 20,000 square feet. You know, they, GMEF did judging in three weeks, six days a week, which is a lot <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Uh, we pretty much had a new like group of judges coming through every week, but wow. Um, you know, for, for this, we, we, you know, some things we learned was like, you know, we put a lot of space in between tables. I think it was 25 feet. Good. You know, we're, we're yeah. shrinking that down a little bit to fit sure. 10 tables, but, you know, it's only 10 tables a day, uh, four judges at each table. Okay. Um, and the way that the structure of GABF and basically what NHC is adopting is you have two sessions a day and you have um, judge pairs, judge three flights 
in parallel. So not one beer at a time. They're all, they judge all eight, nine, 10 beers at once feedback and then discuss with the judge after judging those beers Hmm. and then move on their top three to the next round. So think of every category as having its own kind of March madness bracket working its way to that final table. Okay. So you, uh, yeah. So usually a a category will have usually three or four rounds to get to that final table. And then you have four judges, um, choose the, choose the winner, the, first second and third place and you know things are you know it's over a week so things it's uh it's a little bit more <laughs> complicated than just busting it out in a couple days but yeah um yeah for for you know for the health and well-being you know four judges at a table six feet apart for each judge at the table so they're kind of in this square mm-hmm. and then um while they're judging they have be wearing a face shield but no mask obviously Mm -hmm. Um, and then while walking around every other person in the building is wearing a face shield and face mask at all times um cut down on the amount of touching done so table captains are wearing gloves they're in the staging room they're preparing all the beer they bring it out the stewards bring it out to the judges the judges grab the cups so um minimal amount of touching mm, okay and then the judges have to clear their own their own place there we go yeah it's <laughs> just really you know good learning <laughs> it's, a paradigm, it's a nice paradigm shift there's no more oh, steward yeah yeah, yeah it's, oh now clean yourself up yeah. yeah but um yeah i mean you know that's just some of the things you know, um a lot of signage a lot of what like one-way street right. stuff going on yeah. in and outs and big aisles and uh it's it's a beast for sure it's a hundred people max in that twenty thousand square foot um warehouse at one time is like our cap wow and we're probably going to be closer to like 85 at one time so really restricting you know that's why it's over a week as you can't just pack it in with 250 <laughs> judges and bust it no out. man you can't you can't do I'm it. I'm excited for those days again. I love watching a room full of judges just just blow through thousands of entries in a day. It's like it's amazing to watch and it's magical. <laughs> I just it's really cool. Yeah. And uh, eventually we'll get back there. Well, and but, then usually when the judging is over, you have the leftover beers that didn't make it through. Uh, <laughs> and then you leave those out and, you know, people go to town. What are you going to do with those this year? That's a good question. You know, a lot of uh, probably rewarding some of the volunteers who are going to be coming out for seven days. Sure, man. Um, over those over that time, you know, it, we did have to up the bottle amount this year, which um, I knew I'd, we would hear about. But um, like you the, know, in, the... in NHC, you'd have to send two the first round, three to final. It's not exactly apples to apples, and I'm not saying it is. And um, but to make sure that we could judge the beer correctly. And I think, you know, it, it changes up the game some, right? So you're, yeah. you're literally competing against everyone in the country in a category rather than your region and then moving on to the final. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's wow. kind of, I think it's a, it's a huge deal if you take a medal away from this. I, um, not like it wasn't before, but you're really like, it's all in parallel. It's like, if you have the, you know, if you win gold in Pilsner, you are, best pilsner 
without any discrepancy of judging or yeah or like the did the you know what did my region do how did they handle it because that is sometimes too where like maybe a place gets overwhelmed or they you know you hear rumors well they they was left out maybe this was left out for half a day and then not put in the walk-in and people think that right. matters and it's like or it was shipped you know five or six weeks yeah. ago and finally judged or yeah whatever, right whatever the case may be whatever it is like, all <laughs> Even I, I can't speculate that the brewers in that area are no good. Uh, my beer yeah. so much better against those, you know, whatever regioners. There was a gamifying of like you yes. said certain entries to here because of this and certain here because of that. Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah. tried it and the, lost every the time. So, is pretty diverse. We tried to make sure you know yeah. we weren't just using Colorado judges, obviously. And um, we have judges coming from all over the country. I'm glad you got, you know, it sounds like you're getting the judge numbers you need and you're going to be good there. It's been a lot. It's, that's, uh, that's a real <laughs> juggling act. It, I'm yeah. emailing them every week being oh, like, man. this is the schedule I have. <laughs> Confirm again. Yeah. Tell me yeah. you're coming. Make me feel comfortable. <laughs> this is, and this is hard to run. You know, we've done some regionals, even just the regionals. It's hard to run that and, and make sure everything happens smoothly and that we continue to do like doing this. I, I, it seems like, you know, you got the, the plan like pretty well honed and, and you have a good example to, to lean back on. It seems like you guys are doing this pretty well and it's going to be an amazing feat when you pull yeah. it off admirably there. Absolutely. <laughs> we will feel good the moment the fi- final round of a category is judged. That's when I will feel, I'll be like, all right, one of 40, done. Until then, <laughs> right. I am on edge until we uh, actually get those final tables judged. Yeah. So I think it'll probably feel pretty worthwhile to the judges that go because, you know, the, the entrants that are sending their beers in and shipping all those bottles, they're going to bring their A game, you know, paying that totally. fee, getting them in there. Yeah. The, this yes. is going to be a lot of serious brewers coming in for this. So it's probably going to be a pleasure to judge just the, the whole yeah. thing, I'm sure. Yeah, people are definitely, you know, they. I appreciate how serious they take it. Obviously, I do as well from the organizing, and I understand the, the gravity of it. And uh, you know, it's not, you know, it's not cheap. Like they're paying a lot of money to enter and to ship, whether they're shipping, you know, freight or as a group or single, you know, individual entering. And um, we want to. My, the thing I hate doing the most and makes just makes me just die inside is having to email a brewer saying we you know we couldn't judge your beer or we your bottles broke or we misjudged it that just like oh. no amount of refund really helps no because it's right. it, like these it's things like you are can't replace that it's it's a moment in time it's yeah, not just a exactly. thing it's it, this yeah. is all of your this is a it's month or two a, of worth of effort I, it's a huge deal yeah so i i've stressed that so much in our Oh, man. volunteer staff that helps with sorting and check in and you know i'm out there at the warehouse pretty much all this week and next week from 7 30 to 5 30 or 6 receiving packages and making sure everything is okay damn um yeah it's it started on monday that was when uh that's when things fall into our hands <laughs> oh really. gosh well you know what you do to relax Just take a cbd gummy <laughs> do you guys know about those the cbds oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um do you guys think that gabf is going to be uh, virtual again as well this year um you lean in that you way know, i'm or? not you know i'm not sure you know i think we're trying to figure out what that is going to look like and like yeah it's hard it's you know 
I think for me personally, it's like, I, I think it's imagining a, a beer festival of that size with that much kind of back and forth passing and trying to enforce some sort of health and well-being protocol with 4,000 volunteers and then 15,000 attendees per day. Yeah. And you're exchanging cups and, you know, beer and people want to hug and high five. Like that's what makes that festival amazing. Yeah. And if you can't, I don't know if you can really half ass it. Right. No, it'd feel weird. Yeah. You have to walk around in mass and, I well, I don't think you you don't think you could because of the amount of cutting loose that happens there. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I just, yeah. We've all seen it. Three oh, and a yeah. half hours in. We've all we all we all, all been doing it. Goes down <laughs> with the glass drop and yeah. yeah. Even just the bagpipes would be strange. Um, oh, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll I miss see, those. Man. I I always quote the uh, there's a Lord of the Rings scene. I always quote for that. What is it? And uh, they're walking in and you know, they they're taking they. Uh, <laughs> just extort my uh, nerdiness on you when they when the in the fellowship when they go into moria and they find the the book and it's describing everything that happened about everyone you know dying and all the skeletons and it's like they've taken the drums drums in the deep they've taken the the second hall and i usually like stand up and film it with my, <laughs> my old co-worker matt bowling and it's just like a weird, fun nice. tradition. You know, everyone yeah. has those for GABF. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. There's no rhyme or reason to it. We just do it. No, you're right. Exactly. You know, and I never thought that I would hear anybody say, you know what I miss about GABF is the bagpipes. <laughs> because it's like, it's one of those things where like you're you're in it and you're like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. And then it starts. And then afterwards you're like, yeah, this, I mean, it's a cool touch. Don't get me wrong. But it is like in that moment, sometimes I'm like, Wow. <laughs> it's very very loud but it starts people yeah. off man it gets people going and it wouldn't be the same without them so uh yeah. you know i definitely know what you mean it's that sound starts the fun yeah it's the flag drop of the of the fest yeah. so yeah um all right john well if anybody else has any questions um fire away if not um we'll let you split brian looks like you uh you're ready to say something oh i was just gonna say i haven't haven't seen john in person for mm. uh since at the I think at Ghost Town, or was it? I don't know. Yeah, or maybe it, yeah. He came yeah, out man. For the, when uh, when uh, judging, judging in, at, at Ghost Town in Oakland, and and Doze was running things there, and so yeah, last year was a little different. We didn't and we didn't have a conference, and I would have been. I'm sure I saw you at the conference too, but yeah, it's just it's weird not to see you around around in more, person. Per, more well. personal at the at the first round, you know. I, I mean. I, running around yeah. so Kudos to you because you you really do put yourself out there, and you you really you're part of the community. You go out and help people where help is needed. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's a thankless job, I'm sure in some ways, but, uh, you know, rewarding hopefully to you personally in some other ways. And one of these days we'll get back to normal. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, thank you for that. And I really like if the, the, the feel good is when people are like, can, you know, feel me trying to reciprocate helping them. And, you know, my, I always try to have the best intention of, of our you know our members and homebrewers in general really and um yeah try to help try to explain myself as best as possible and <laughs> hopefully people just you know know that i'm look, looking out for them as much as i can yeah for sure you guys have had to roll through a lot of changes in the last year so you know that's oh have, yeah that's, uh, yeah 
you know, it's it's going to be different, but uh, I know you'll carry on and, and uh, yeah. you got a lot of good people there still. So yeah. thank you so Appreciate much. for the support, time. guys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is when we should all be hugging in person. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then Brian Shar will fart and everyone will go, oh, come oh, man, on, dude. Mask. I'll yeah. be trying to show people my tattoos. People have you, will be like, oh, have you this seen is why this? you podcast that I don't actually talk to you in person. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, Brian. How many how many uh, clubs uh, next year when we when we can probably meet will have like a Zoom theme to their booth for club night? (laughs) It's gonna happen. It's gonna or they're like even like a virtual component or some sort of pandemic thing will probably be the majority of club night. Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Count on it. Yeah. All right, John. We'll let you go, man. Thank you very much, dude. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Take care. Cheers. You too, man. Thank you. Cheers. All right, well, I think that'll do it for us. All right. I think we're done. Another show down. Another show down. Yes, sir. If you do uh, want to send us down, please uh, email brian at thebrewingnetwork.com and uh, let us know what you got. We'd be happy to get you in the schedule for uh, a beer on the show to be oh so carefully handled and rated and judged by Brian and I. And uh, That's right. And belittled by JP. But Always uh, <laughs> belittled. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. It's crap. He, He's like the Simon Cowell of our group, right? Like, That's right. Just, I'm taking a bath in nothing but buttermilk, extolling the virtues oh, of not drinking this beer. All that beer. <laughs> uh, thanks again to uh, John Moorhead from the American Homebrewers Association putting on NHC remotely, virtually this year. Um, again, and it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a good time. So uh, if you're not signed up to do that or registered to, to go or attend or whatever the term is for virtual things, um, go do that now. Go to the AHA website and uh, sign up. All right, Brian, the Council of Brian's is going to adjourn for a second. We're going to take a quick break. If you're listening live, uh, give us, I don't know, a couple minutes. Brian, do you have to do anything? Brian Shard, do you have to do something weird during the break? Probably, but I'm not going to talk about it on the air. Oh, that's too bad. All right. I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so give us a couple minutes. I'll get the other beers in here, and then we're going to start the show up here. So, you know, within five minutes. Um, but yeah, you yeah. Know. Um, I, I finished my cross, so now I need a, a, a real beer. Yeah, a real beer. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other, and uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs>